You're tuned to KHOL. I'm Tyler Pratt with your local newscast. Community concerns continue over what could be Teton County's largest housing development, at least 1,200 homes in northern South Park. New plans for how the land may be used are out, and as KHOL's Hannah Mersbach reports, questions remain on when and if the deal will go through. New zoning proposals start to lay out the process for building dense, multi-story affordable homes and larger pricier houses on more than 200 acres off of High School Road south of town. Not many community members spoke up at the most recent meeting, but Teton County Planner Ryan Hostetter says there's been lots of online engagement. A lot of the comments are about traffic and transportation. How and when is the affordable housing going to be built? The property is owned by two multi-generational families in the region, the Gills and the Lockharts. The Gills have already said they intend to gift a portion of their land to local affordable housing nonprofits in exchange for the ability to build more free market homes. Family representative Amberly Baker says they are on the razor's edge of opting into the plan, but they want some tweaks to speed up the process. Please ask first, does this delay housing longer? Will this add more to the cost of housing? Does this add uncertainty to the approval process? Leaders of the local affordable housing department and advocacy group Shelter JH have stated they want to see tools ensuring affordable homes are built as fast as the market rate ones and integrated together. But Baker and a rep for the Lockhart family are pushing back, saying it could slow down the process and make the deal financially unfeasible. It is a poison pill that will kill housing in Northern South Park. Teton County planners say the current regulations aren't set in stone and the residents will have another chance to have their voice heard at a meeting after Thanksgiving. Hannah Mersbach, KH12 News. Federal crime data show Native American and Alaska Native people are much more likely to go missing or be murdered than their white counterparts. A panel at the recent Western Governors Association meeting in Teton Village explored solutions to the missing and murdered indigenous persons crisis. Lynn Truillo was one of the speakers and works for the Department of Interior. She's a member of the Sandia Pueblo tribe in New Mexico and says giving tribes the tools to navigate funding sources is crucial in addressing the crisis. How do we leverage all these different pots of funding and where do you even find them? Because they exist in different agencies at different levels and it does take a lot of resources and people time to try to figure that out. Trujillo also advocated for programs like the Tewahi Initiative, which helps tribes design their own culturally specific ways to address the crisis. Yellowstone is stepping up surveillance for chronic wasting disease after it was discovered within the national park's boundaries for the first time. Wyoming Public Radio's Will Walkie has more. A mule deer that died in October near Yellowstone Lake tested positive for CWD. The result wasn't a huge surprise for park biologist John Trainer. The fatal disease has spread to most parts of Wyoming, and about 10 to 15 percent of mule deer near Cody have it. Trainer says there's no vaccine or treatment for it, and all the park can do right now is increase testing and monitoring. And I think the best thing is working with the the state agencies like Wyoming Game and Fish to uh, better understand where animals are coming from and how they're dispersed in within the park. CWD has been slowly spreading across Wyoming since the 1980s. State officials ask people not to feed wildlife and report any sick animals or carcasses to the relevant authorities. Yellowstone is revising its current CWD surveillance plan in light of this recent discovery. 
which it plans to release next year. For Wyoming Public Radio News, I'm Will Walkie. You're listening to KHOL, Jackson Hole Community Radio.